Hello and welcome to the Illenials Podcast. Um, I'm doing the intro this time, and I'm Seth. I'm here with my cohort and my blood brother, Smith. Yes. We excited to be here, Seth? I'm very excited to be here. We got a lot of, not a lot. We got some stuff to talk about. We got, we got a couple kinda, things. It's been, it's, been, it's been a week. It's been a week. There's some heat. There's some heat we got we, we to talk about. Literal heat in the sense that it's 100 degrees outside right now. Oh my god, it's feeling great. How oh. hot are you? Like where where's your where's your temperature at your place in the southeast? Uh in my place in the mysterious southeast. Uh today, the only time I checked the weather, it was like eighty eight. Um, but it did hit nineties there for a little while, like ninety five or so, like midday. Um, and it's gonna be getting hotter this week, so it's exciting. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start stop wearing clothes. I'm gonna not wear clothes. <laughs> You know, it's another fun thing to think about. What? Hurricane season's about to start. Yes, blow me away. <laughs> the earliest ever. Get me out of here. Hell yeah, dude! Oops, Fucking take me. At least floating away on a river. At least when it's like rainy and cloudy outside, it's not quite as fucking hot. That's true. That is true. Hurricanes do wonders for it not being hot. So thank That's you, right? hurricanes. Last year, when it was like we got off of work for like a week, it was like the best it ever felt outside. Um, so yeah, bring it on. Yeah, um, ready to die in the wind wars of uh, 2018. Bring them. By that, I do mean the war against the wind. I assume that's our government's next big project, right? Yeah, along with the space force. <laughs> Let's talk about space force. Space force and the wind warriors are definitely the future. <laughs> I, Seth, what are we going to do with Space Force? What's its purpose? Space Force is, it actually feels like an Arrested Development plot. <laughs> like, it really, really does. And, I don't know. I, we are making some weird precautions already. Yeah, Space for Force our is... our space a... warfare we're planning to get, on, get into. With you who? Was... <laughs> China, I guess. Yeah. Let me tell you what's a great decision, okay? Is let's go into the most hostile environment in the universe. Let's seal ourselves into airtight cans. And then let's just shoot bullets at each other. And let's see what happens next. I bet it'll be yeah. great. Because see, the thing people think... think that, the thing people don't realize is that in all these science fiction films we see, there's this incredible invention called shields that they have that are, you know, just shields that can go around stuff and are you know thin and invisible and that's how most space battles actually happen um in science fiction films because otherwise you know you, uh, the the whole of a spaceship actually can't take that much damage and keep everybody or anybody in it alive um so and since we haven't invented these shields yet i don't know what we're planning on doing with space force um probably dying a lot yeah, that's fine. I can't wait until I get drafted into the Space Force and I get shot in the fucking oh brain by a Chinese teenager with a laser gun from exactly. 13,000 miles away. I want to be... If I get drafted, please let it be Space Force. <laughs> I'm going to request Space Force specifically. Can't yeah, space wait. Space Force or bust. <laughs> the thing was, when I first saw the Space Force article, it was actually... It was Clickhole doing a parody of it, so I thought it's thought I thought that Space Force was an actual Clickhole joke, like an Onion thing. I didn't think it was real, and then I started seeing other places post about it that weren't satire websites, 
even though I think everything's a satire website now. Um, and I was like, oh, so this is this is actually something that was said and is claimed to be happening. Space Force. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Space Force. I mean, I, I remember him talking about it like, I don't know, a couple, maybe a year or so ago, this idea of a Space Force. And then yeah. we actually went and fucking did it. Us yeah. crazy-ass bastards. We decided... We really need yeah. to just fucking go to space and shoot the shit out of each other. I agree. <laughs> Fuck. It's like, uh, I think that, like, I mean, I've played so many sci-fi, like, video games and shit and watched so... Listen, I watched Starship Troopers when I was a child. That movie made me think space warfare was dumb for a long time, which was the intended effect. And I don't know why people still think we should go into space and shoot shit at each other. It's a terrible idea. It's 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 like it's it's literally like going into a fucking volcano and playing I don't know that fucking that that goddamn uh, game from Star Trek where they hit each other with like no like the fucking American Gladiator shit you know where they're bashing each other with like rubber shit. It's that, but instead of water, it's a fucking volcano underneath you. It's like that's what fighting people in space is like. And it's it's funny that you mentioned. Oh no! It's funny that you mentioned Starship Troopers, because a couple of the uh, pro Space Force people I've seen on Twitter are using screen caps from um, Starship Troopers and like putting like headlines on them to try and use them as support for uh, Space Force. And I'm like, I don't think you've seen this movie. I honestly don't think you've seen it. Just totally missing the entire point of that fucking film. Ugh. It's like a movie that's like, hey guys, fascism is dumb, and war is also bad, and people watch it and were like, bugs. Yeah. It's kind of like how Fight Club's a very anti-capitalism movie, and people see it, and they're like, I want to punch someone. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, maybe, maybe, sure, punch someone, but punch the right people. I mean, Fight Club is a movie that is about so many things, but like... And capitalism is one, but also, like, masculinity is one. And it's kind of like, boy, masculinity is kind of fucking dumb when you think about it. Or, like, our modern conception of, like, of how it works. And people watching it are like, no, I want to punch people instead. It's like, no, idiot. That's not what it's about. It's a movie about poor people who beat each other up and then actually end up doing some damage to capitalism in the end. Or I guess we have to assume that they did. We don't know what what they actually achieved at the end. Um, but I like to think they achieve something because you know I'm a bit of an optimist. Yeah, I like to think it has a, a happy ending to the movie. I think everyone learned something yeah. about themselves and, and the world, but the viewers did not, as they usually don't. That's true. Viewers are very dumb. They have a very hard time. It's it's a hard thing to make a movie that's satire, but also subtle about it, uh, because people will so often miss a point. You know. Yeah. It's kind of like how people miss the point of Get Out. People are like, yeah. oh, this is a movie that's anti-interracial marriage. And it's like, no, it's not what this movie's about. What are not you talking about? People not are like mad least. at Jordan Peele because he was he's married to Chelsea Peretti and she's white. And he, it was like, that's not what the movie's about. The movie's about cultural appropriation and just racism in general. And you're just missing it entirely so you can make some dumb memes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's how it fucking goes. It's like any subtlety or nuance is so often lost. And I've done it myself too. I've totally missed like subtle things or nuances in movies. And it wasn't until like discussing them later that I realized, oh, that's what's going on. And it's like, but so many people don't have those discussions. You know, they just consume it and they move on. Or yeah. they take away the wrong thing or intentionally misconstrue it, you know? 
Yeah, and it's a fine line too because you can do satire very well and make your point for the people who are going to get it, and then the pe- you know people who are going to you know take it the wrong way, and then the, on the other side of the spectrum, you can do too much and ham fist, and people will hate you for ham fisting, and it's like you you really if you want to make a message, it's hard. Like almost, I don't think there's almost any movie that has really had a resounding message with with society, except for remember the Titans, of course. Um, <laughs> Because it was not ham-fisted, and it was great. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a hard it's a hard line to to follow. Because if you ham-fist your message, people are like, "Oh, this movie it's too too much about the message." I didn't the movie wasn't that good. Then you make a good movie that makes a point, and people just take it all the wrong way. Can we talk for a second about Denzel Washington? I would love to. How, how have we not talked about for this podcast? How that dude is like an amazing actor. Maybe the best actor we have. Maybe. It's, like, it's hard to judge. I'll, I'll find, like, random-ass Denzel Washington movies from the 90s and watch them on, like, HBO or whatever, and they're fucking yeah. fantastic just because of him. Yeah, and it's great because he can be in something like Remember the Titans and, like, pull your heartstrings. And then he can be in Training Day and make you, like, shit yourself because he's oh, fucking no, scary. Me. Did you ever see... I, somebody posted this clip the other day on the internet. I gotta watch it again. The movie called uh, The Siege? I never saw it, no. From, like, 1998. And if I remember correctly, there's a plot in the movie where, like, Muslim terrorists, like, attack America. And we start rounding up Muslims and putting them in uh, 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 stadiums and whatnot. Uh, like, internment camps. And they're about to torture a guy. And Denzel Washington's, like, telling Bruce Willis, like, fuck no, we won't torture anybody. This is terrible. This is the worst thing we could possibly do. If you do this, they win. And I'm like, holy shit, that was 1998. Like, yeah, just three years later. Just three years yeah. later, that shit would happen, and nobody said a damn thing. Yep. It was very weird. It's, it's like a time it's portal. It's fucked up. Yeah, there's actually an entire podcast about how Denzel Washington is the best actor to ever live. There's a whole podcast about it. I mean, so. you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due. Dude's fucking yeah. fantastic. I'm pretty sure, just just since I'm talking about it, I'm pretty sure the name of the podcast is Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time ever, period. Oh, so uh, check that out if you're interested. I like it. It's short and to the point. Yep. Guess where we need to go. We'll do a Denzel Washington episode someday. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We'll muscle on their territory. Don't you worry. Yeah. We'll, we'll It'll be right after our Fast and Furious episode. Oh man, that would be a great. You know what? We should literally just do one episode for each for each, each movie. movie. Just yes. do it. Just fucking Please. do it. Why not? What else are we going to do for bonus like content? Like, one day when we get this fucking Patreon rolling, we got to put out something, you know? Yeah, I agree. Once we start making money off this podcast, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, Ugh. we're not going to sell out. You will never hear an ad on this podcast. That's for goddamn sure. But we will eventually try and find a way to make money because, man, working sucks. Yeah, working's a bit of a drag. I was, you know, how people always say, uh, once you get a job, you'll grow up and stop and stop being like a like a liberal or a leftist. You'll like learn. You know how people always say that. Yeah. Let me tell you, getting a job set me on the path to being a radical for sure, because it fucking blows. You get paid nothing to do shit fucking work. You know, your your bosses and the people who own the corporations take home all the money, and you don't make a goddamn thing, and you're the one busting your ass in the fucking trenches. If anything, getting a job pushed me more to the left. Yeah. 
It's true. I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like those fuckers are those fuckers are stupid because what what's what could be more radicalizing than having to see the reality of our of our life, like what you have to deal with? It's it's people who yeah, get man. like it's people who get the good high paying jobs that turn centrist or go right because they feel like they're comfortable in life, things are good, the status quo worked out for them. People who ain't got shit, they don't they don't feel that way at all. Yeah. It's it's fucked up. And I've met like in, in both the jobs that I've had, you know, kind of uh, bigger jobs, I've met like the actual, like I've met like corporate guys, like CIOs, CEOs, all that stuff. And it's just disgusting how much money they make and how much little they actually do and how they treat people who are below them. And it's just, and it's disgusting. And I'll just, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough world to live in. Yeah. I mean, you got, we all got to scrape how to live in though. So you got to suck it up and deal with it for the most part. Yep, and I suck it up every day. <laughs> um, but to uh, I, you know what, Seth? I wanted to talk to you about something because yeah. you're, you, you're mad. I, I am. I am very fucking mad. Um, yeah. About. Oh man! So you know, people, people, listen. People, people will say people will laugh at me for this. People will say you're a moron or stop being silly. But uh, the president is a fucking Nazi. Like, we got to talk about this. Is a fucking Nazi because he's literally got concentration camps opened on the border and they're putting they're putting immigrants in them. Yeah. I mean, and it's like low key, like we're not talking about it. Like, we're only talking about, like, oh, they're separating kids and their parents, which is awful. But we're not talking about the much larger issue that we're actually living in like Nazi Germany right now. And here's the thing, I get it. I understand if you're gonna fucking tweet at us or email us or whatever, I know. This policy or not this particular policy, but the camps and the and the and the immigration step ups happened under Obama. I understand that. I get it. You know what? I said it before, I'll say it again. Fuck Obama. Didn't do shit for us while he was in office. But you cannot deny that this shit has taken on a more sinister tone now that we have a legit ass like racist populist in office like for real it's true i mean Very true. as much as i don't like the guy and i don't and this is a dumb tweet to make but matt iglesias said um you know uh, uh, he said obama's policy was to target fucking uh, uh criminals and not average working uh, immigrants and this is love it or hate it a reversal of that and i'm like that doesn't make the old policy any better but I mean, they're targeting. I mean, they're they're fucking like going after people who are here as political refugees. Yeah, and I it's fucking infuriating to me because people are coming into this country. And here's the thing: they keep they keep wanting to call people. And people on both sides of the aisle do this shit. We talk about illegal immigrants. You want to talk about illegal immigration into America? It is not. It's not fucking illegal immigration. They are they are fucking political. And economic refugees who are fleeing their home country because American empire fucked them over and has led to massive corruption and destabilization of their governments and their countries. And the only thing they had to do is flee north to here where they have a possible, like a possibility, a small chance of a better life. They're not illegal immigrants. They're refugees and we are fucking putting them in concentration camps. Yeah, and, I mean, 
to my end of this whole argument is that there should be no such thing as an illegal immigrant. And yeah, I don't, I'm, I mean, once again, I understand it is a law. There is such thing as illegal immigration, but I don't think it should be. I think people should be allowed into wherever they want to be. Um, if you, hell, if you want to, we should be paying people to come to America. We really should. Because America fucking sucks. And we shouldn't be treating people who have to come here or need to come here or want to come here any differently than people who are fucking born here because we're all in a fucking shitty scenario. Well, I did, I did just see today, and this is d- a dumb argument for me to even, it's not an argument, I'm not making this argument, I'm just pointing something out. You said we should pay people to come here? Um, for the first time in like, I don't know, a hundred or something fucking years, the rate of death of Americans has, has gone above the birth. Our population is in a decline now. Finally. Uh, <laughs> it may not last, you know, it may not last, it's, it could be a momentary blip, but like, look at what happened to, to countries like Japan and Italy, which have declining populations because our birth rates fell. They need immigrants to come there and help them because they don't have enough fucking people to run their shit. Yeah. And that's where we're going. You know the next baby boom is going to be, though, right? What's that? It's going to be the day after the movie Skyscraper comes out, starring Dwayne (laughs) The Rock Johnson. Because that movie is going to get people so hot and heavy, they're going to be making babies left and right. Again, producers of Skyscraper, I need you to call me because you stole the rights to my life story. And I'm displeased about this. But also, listeners, I apologize for derailing a very serious topic about immigration with a dumb skyscraper joke that had okay. no place in the conversation. But, I mean, to get back on track, I mean, early on in the Trump administration, they commissioned a report on uh, immigration to see their economic impact because they wanted to pull a big gotcha on all the libs, you know, and say, oh, look, immigrants hurt our country. But it turns out the actual report, report said immigrants have a positive influence on economic activity they literally make things better because there are more people coming in and buying shit they're not getting food stamps they're not using fucking welfare they're coming in they're working shit jobs nobody else wants to do and they are buying products they're injecting cash into the economy and sending other cash back to their home countries to their you know to their family members to help them out they are a global boost to the economy well the fucking trump administration they fucking suppressed the first part where they're fucking good and only covered the minor, like the small costs, the minority of costs associated with with the immigrants, because of course, I mean, they're fucking racist. What more is there to say? Nothing. It's I just. Mean, it's about how it is. It's fucking infuriating, dude. And and I don't know what. I mean, uh, yesterday I'll say this: there was a moment of hope, not a moment of hope. It was good. It was a good uh, afternoon or so for for me. When uh, did you see what happened in in Portland? No. The Portland DSA got people out and on the fucking ground, and they surrounded the local um, ICE office, and they they surrounded it, and they fucking did not let anyone leave. They kept them from going home to their families, and they kept that up until the feds showed up and busted them up and made them leave. And so, that's good. That's the kind of direct action we need. It is. I agree. the mayor of Portland just said today he will not, or I think it's a she actually, she will not order, no it's a he, he will not order any like city police officers to, to, to go against the protesters. So it's only going to have to be feds from now on. No, no local help, which, you know what, that's good. I appreciate that. That's a good step. Yes, 
And now I want him to say, and I won't allow any Federals to do it either. <laughs> and we will turn, we will turn our guns on the Federals if they come near us. Dude, for a second there, I saw where the the governors of Virginia and Maryland had recalled their National Guard troops from the southern border because they, they, they would not stay there while they, were, while they were putting, you know, children in literal baby jail. And for yeah. a second, I misread the headline. I thought they had, like, sent in their National Guard to stop this, which would be the most um, awesome thing ever. That'd be the coolest shit. Dude, can you imagine Civil War 2.0, like, National Guard versus, I mean, versus, it would be fucking incredible, dude. Oh, yes. man. Um, but, like, what have you heard about this? I'm curious about what you've been hearing. Like, is uh, anyone talking about it? Uh, no. So, I don't hear a lot of stuff. I, uh, I made the terrible mistake of going on Facebook the other day. And surprisingly, uh, I did see a lot of people who were reposting this uh, comparison of Trump to Hitler, which there's been plenty before, but this, all this stuff kind of helped out. Um, so people, I mean, then again, that's probably just because of my, my, my friend base on Facebook is very small and I just, you know, follow I talk to people who kind of, or at least liberals, I'd say. Um, so yeah, but I, I mean, it's, it's the thing that's so surprising to me is how swept under the rug it's been. I mean, because the thing is, everyone is talking about keeping family like keeping kids from their parents which like i said is a big deal but there's a much larger issue surrounding the whole thing that it seems like people are focusing on one issue of and it's probably just another symptom of how mass media can kind of steer public opinion towards something and you know they can get us mad about the one thing and maybe not get us you know as insightful or as uh looking inward as we should about the other issues surrounding it they could actually like we're trying to cure you know symptoms and not the disease yeah, it's like, it's like they literally had to start taking kids away from their parents to get anyone to notice what we were doing down there. Yeah. I mean, because it's been fucked for a while. I mean, it's been fucked for fucking almost forever at this point. It's forever in my, in like my lifetime, stuff's been fucked, ever, especially ever since, you know, the invention of Homeland Security and all these... Uh, ICE. Anti-ICE, anti-immigration measures we've made. Um... Basically, my whole fucking political lifetime, um, shit's been fucked down there, and people are luckily at least paying attention to it now. Um, but, you know, the 24-hour news cycle, as pointed out aptly by It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, is a very fucked up system and can really uh, control the way we think about things and when we think about things and if we even start to think about them anymore. Do you remember how, when we were, like, in school... You know, we went, we went to school with a lot of Hispanic kids. We had a, a, a pretty yeah. big portion of Hispanic kids in school. How they would just sometimes disappear from school because ice was rolling through to round people up. Remember that shit? Yeah, I was in, literally, I was in fucking fifth grade. And I was just talking, I had one of my friends I sat with every morning at breakfast. He was Hispanic. He wasn't there for a day or two. I was talking to him, oh, we're, we're like, were you sick or something? He's like, oh, no, me and my family had to go hide out in the woods because uh, these immigration guys are rolling through. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, I did not know how to respond. I did not expect to hear something that heartbreaking from a fourth grader, you know? Well, what's crazy is that we just all accepted it as normal, I think, right? Like, Yeah. I heard that and I was like, okay, I guess that's just what they have to do. I mean, that's kind of weird. And I didn't even think more about it after that. Well, because it's what's so wild about it is, for me and you anyways, it happened at such a young, because it's such an early time in our lives that it just became normal. And I think for a lot of yeah. kids today, this is just how things work and no one questions it, you know? Yeah, it's a, 
It's not a good scenario. And they're fucking. I mean, I, I mean, as as much as as much as like you said, it is just, it is a smaller part of a bigger issue. There is something exceptionally heartless about putting children in cages in hundred degree heat. You know, outdoors with no medical attention. Here's the thing. People are like, oh, they're not Nazis. They're just, you know, detaining illegal immigrants. And I'm like, they're not going to have to put them in gas chambers, my man. They're going to die of dehydration. Yeah. They're going to fucking put them in these these tents. They're going to thirst them to death. And then they're going to fucking put them in mass graves. It does not take a fucking genius to realize this. Yeah, you used a good word earlier to describe all this stuff. And it's literally just heinous. I mean, it's, it's just an awful thing um, for an entire government to decide is okay to do. And it's, I don't know, just read, reading about it, it almost feels like I'm fucking reading fiction or I'm reading, like, some 1984, like, George Orwell kind of stuff. You know, it, I don't know, it's just getting to a really weird point where, I don't know, man, someday we're gonna, all the stuff we read and all the stuff that's actually happening is gonna make us crack. It really is. So do you believe that we're coming up on like a, a revolutionary? I mean, yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've constantly tell people, even people who aren't on my side about political stuff, I tell them the only way that anything's ever going to change, no matter what side you're on, the only way anything's ever going to change is violent revolution in the streets. So I keep saying, man, I keep saying that our, our way of life that it currently exists is going to stop at some point in our lifetimes because it's unsustainable. And yeah. Every day you see our country get pulled further and further apart as, as again, and this is all comes back down to, to, to economics, is as long as the economy is doing okay, you can have an unjust society, right? Where people, like, look at what happened under Jim Crow and stuff and the economy was booming. And even before that, in, in, in the Depression, it still wasn't, it still, you know, was happening, right? But up until 1968, and, and so during the greatest economic era in American history, shit was incredibly fucked in this country for black people. And anyone who wasn't white, really, had a horrible time of it. But... It always, it, everyone sort of like let it happen, you know, let it go. And eventually it pissed people off enough that it started to, you know, come apart. But the thing is, is that the economy is going downhill. People are angry about it. And the center, the Democrats and the Republicans, they have no answer for this problem. So as things continue to get worse for everybody, people are going to continue to seek out more and more fringe explanations, more and more fringe ideas. And as a person who lives on the fringe, as a communist or whatever, I'm okay with that. I want people to come left and look at us and say, maybe they have an idea. But while they're doing that... There are still people looking at the other side, the Nazis, and saying, well, obviously these guys have the right idea. And that's fucking terrifying. It's coming up on street battles. It's going to happen. Yeah. I basically live in a network science fiction show because I'm on the fringe. (laughs) I mean, we are, though. Politically speaking, you and I are huge outliers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. I mean, I've I've talked to countless people I've talked to about politics. Um, Surprisingly, a couple of them have, have... been pretty open to my my point of view and some of them have been like that's kind of weird and they just kind of shrug it off so yeah it's it's pretty fringe well think about what a difference that is from like even even 10 15 years ago or if you said socialism people you like you had fucking two heads yeah i mean we've discussed this on the podcast before about how like growing up uh, especially in the american school system you're basically taught that communism socialism are evil 
and you only ever and it's because they only ever give you examples of when you know it didn't work or you know just bad examples of people who ruled it and p- bad people who are in charge of these kinds of governments and they don't ever t- they don't I don't know, they don't tell you to explore they don't ever tell you hey you should think about this kind of government and how it could work they tell you capitalism is what won and it's what we're going to have until the day you fucking die um and I don't know. I think it. I don't know. It's just. It's really bad. I don't think the American school system does a very good job of actually telling people to be politically open. They basically teach you there's two parties. You're gonna choose one of them, and you're gonna be that for the rest of your days. Um, and it's. I don't know. It's not productive. I don't think for um, a society that you know tries to be free and have uh, a, at least some facade of political openness. I'd say. And what's also interesting about that too is, like, there's always a discussion in our school system of why communism failed, why it was bad. There's never any discussion of capitalism and its downsides. You only, it, it, When you hear about it, you only hear upsides. And those yeah. are, are very... You don't hear about them too much. They don't want you to think about capitalism. They want you to, to just, like, think of it as a background of your life. That it's just going to always be in the background. And don't ever yeah. think about it. Don't question it. And that's how they get you. Yeah, the way I feel about um, the way we were taught in high school is they give you a pros and cons list, and all the pros are capitalism, and all the cons are everything else. Yeah, they don't, pretty much. They don't give you too much in the middle or too much uh, fair ground on either. So, And you get very little education about um, not just like – or any kind of economics, anything to the left, especially like uh, like anarchism or syndicalism or anything like that. No, no. Hear about those. Only capitalism – and communism is discussed in a negative sense. That's it. So it's really closed people's minds off. But the fall of the Soviet Union really helped, I think, in that regard because there's no more boogeyman to point at. Like, no one really talks about China like that, right? Like, yeah. So we just get to fucking now say, like, there's nobody to point to and be like, do you want to be like Soviet Russia? And it's like, I mean, they weren't perfect, but goddamn, they made, they, at least they tried something different, you know? They, they, did, they made an attempt. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I'm just... In, I mean, to bring it back to immigration, um, borders are made-up bullshit uh, yeah. by, by powerful people. They're, they're just there to be, for their benefit. The people coming over the, over the southern border are political refugees from situations that we created, and thus we have a moral imperative to help them. America is a country with 350 million people, and we still have plenty of space. We're still the richest, most powerful nation on the face of the earth. We could help these people whose lives we fucked over so we could have a better life. We could help them, and we are, and, and we are, we, sh- we should. We're, basically, we're required to, ethically speaking. We should have to help. We should have to help them. Yeah, but uh, that's if we live in an ethical society. Uh, and that's true. our government is ran by people who don't really have ethics. So, you know, though, I want I want to say something nice. I want to say something good for once. This fucking shit show of an episode I've been doing so far. Um, have you heard of Have you heard of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez? Nope. I really butchered her name there. I'm sorry. The pronunciation was all wrong. But she is running for a congressional seat in uh, New York. And she is running on an explicit platform that I love. All her, all her positions are good, but the one that she said that I think is the best is one that we need to start making standard for anyone we vote for, which is abolish ICE. 
Just get rid of it. Okay, yeah, I have I have I haven't heard about her then, yeah. She's fucking good. She's destroyed her Democratic opponent in every debate that they've been in. And she doesn't take any shit about saying we should abolish ICE. Because I can't think of a, a, a part of our government that more resembles the fucking SS than ICE. Yeah, and it's disgusting. And I don't know, the idea that, that citizens out there you know, want to work for ICE and work for ICE and all this is just, I don't know, it's mind-boggling. So, like, new litmus test for listeners to Millennials podcasts. Before you vote for somebody, do your research. Find out if they support abolishing ICE. And if they don't, get on their ass about it. Call them, text them, email them. I don't care what you have to do. Send them a fucking letter. And let them know that you won't vote for them unless they support abolishing ICE. Because it's a racist Nazi organization that is... It's fucking dragging people away into camps who where who know, God knows what happens to them, and we can't stand for it. So, that's my that's my piece. I'm uh, I'm done. Yeah, I agree. Um. Okay, I've got something to talk about. I'm I'm re- ready to hear it. All right. So, uh, because uh, there's some events happening this week that have uh, hip hop fans and kind of music fans in general, like myself, uh, a little. Conflicted. So, uh, 20-year-old South Florida rapper slash... I don't really know what to call him. He's in a, he's kind of in a new wave of a genre. I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, a musician named XXX Tentacion was shot and murdered in his car in South Florida um, on Monday or something. Monday, I think. And it's been a, it's, it's been a little bit of a controversial topic. I mean, because... First of all, you know, uh, a 20-year-old, a very young person died. Um, a person died, let's just say that. And he was a musician who was very popular. He was, uh, up until recently, he was entirely independent, and all of his album releases up until his death were entirely independent. Um, however, he did, he garnered, like, hundreds of millions of plays on Spotify, which is something that no independent artist really does. And he was wildly popular, and he's part of this new wave of musicians in the rap and hip-hop genre who don't do so much rapping like you know lyrical you know bars and stuff that you expect from somebody like you know Nas or Jay-Z and they do more melodic uh laid back kind of um it's hard to explain it's a a different type of hip-hop and it's very new there's a lot of a lot of artists especially people who came from the SoundCloud platform who are very into it and so he's part of that new wave and one of their one of the big things he always talked about was mental health uh, depression, suicidal thoughts, schizophrenia, all this stuff, um, stuff that some of it, um, he had been diagnosed with, and he was very big on that, he talked about it a lot, so a lot of people found solace in his music, because he talked about these things that people experience every day, and don't have any other outlet for, and so he's part of that wave, and he's, he's new, he's young, he's on that, and people really like him for that, however, and this is a big however, um, XXX Tentacion was uh, originally, or not originally, but he he got known last year because it came out that he uh, has been accused of beating uh, a pregnant ex-girlfriend, uh, like giving her black eyes and bruising her and just beating her up really badly, and also beating up another woman and strangling her. Didn't kill her, but he strangled her. And so those those are bad things. I think we can agree. Yeah, I for sure. Um, 
yeah, so those are bad things that um, XXX and Tassian did. And the reason that's the main reason people are conflicted. Because they liked his music, they liked his message, um, but he did bad stuff. And it's hard to reconcile that, especially now that he's dead. And we don't really know what he was going to do in the future and um, any of that kind of stuff. And because of, because of his past and because of all these accusations against him, I never listened to an XXX Tentacion song. I heard him featured on a couple of other artist songs, other artists that I liked. Um, and I thought he was okay, but I'd never listened to his music before. But today I was driving around and I decided I was going to give it a try. He died. He's out of the way. Uh, I'm not really supporting him that much anymore if I listen to his music. So I listen to it. And I got to say, I was, I was surprised at how good it was. Uh, I didn't know that his music was actually going to be as good as it was. I was very, very pleasantly surprised with the music that I listened to. And it, it, I don't know. And it made it a more conflicting scenario for me because, I mean, it's, it, it's awful. It's awful what this man did. I mean, and he's fucking 20 years old. He already done all this bad stuff. And it's and the, the problem with it wasn't just that he did it because, I mean, whatever. He did it. That's bad. The, one of the big problems was that his fan base, his actual, like, really, really core fans would go out and harass this woman, this this woman that he beat up. And they would, the, the more allegations came out against him, they would deny it vehemently. And they go on Twitter and be like, no, X is entirely, he's, he's innocent of everything. And there's... No, nothing X ever did was wrong, and he's only ever helped us. And that's that's bad, you know. Fan base, fan bases of almost anything are pretty much awful all around. And when you're the fan base of an abusive person, it's even worse. So, yeah, I want to open this question up to you. I know you've probably never heard any of XXX Tentacion's music, um, but I will I will say this: he did have a good he did have a lot of good messages. I listened to his songs today. And he did talk about a lot of stuff that a lot of other musicians, especially in the past, weren't open to talking about. You know, depression, um, you know, just how, how you feel in everyday life. Um, even if you're not necessarily did not diagnosed with mental disorders or anything, but, you know, just the pressure that we feel every day and how society weighs down on us. He had a good message. He was a bad person. Um, so I want to open the question up to you. Like, what, what do you think about this scenario? The, the fact that he's a, that, you know, I just said it. Good message, bad person. Um, he's dead now. What do, what do you what do you think about this whole scenario? Well, I guess, like you said, never heard his music before. Had never heard of him until he actually died. Never knew mm-hmm. I got him existing. Um, but I guess it's like plenty of times um, bad people have created uh, interesting or sometimes good art, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like this this guy perhaps was struggling with these issues himself. Did he ever say he was struggling with mental health issues? Oh, yeah, all the time. And I will not say that excuses what he did, because it doesn't. It does not excuse not. Beating, beating people and, and all. And, and wasn't he also doing, like, like literally, like, like, jury or witness tampering or something like that? Like, from what yeah, I he read? Was, he, was, he was accused of witness tampering as well. So, like, I can't endorse any of the things he did. Um, and since he's dead, it's not like, you know, money that you that you give to him to listen to his music goes to him anymore. Um, so, I mean, yeah, sure, as a historical or, or a, an artistic um, artifact, it's, it's interesting to hear about his music. It's just a shame that he expressed himself outside of his art in such a terrible fucking way. 
Yeah, and this is this is one point I heard made a couple of times, and it's a point that's been being made a lot, especially recently with something like the Me Too movement. You know, uh, men in Hollywood and you know entertainment in general getting exposed for being shitty to women. It it's a very interesting point, and it makes you think a lot. Um, I'll say this beforehand. Obviously, all the stuff that's happening um, with people getting exposed, with people getting what they deserve, is entirely justified. And I'm glad that we have this information, and I'm glad that it's there. But uh, you know, some points have been made about how there's people in the past that we, we think very fondly of that probably did a lot of bad shit, too. An example a lot of people brought up was Malcolm X. You know, Malcolm X is considered one of the best civil rights leaders of all time. But stuff that came out about him, uh, about his past, that was pretty bad. He was also kind of a woman abuser and, you know, domestic abuser and kind of a bad guy. We didn't know about it when Malcolm X was the civil rights leader. We came to know about it later. But if if Mark, Malcolm X was around right now, we'd know that shit and we would never let him become a civil rights leader. You know, he would be he'd be dead in the water. So I get I mean, and it's one of those it's those, one of those thought experiments that I say that is there's no right answer because obviously I don't want Malcolm X to not be a thing, but I also don't want people to just get away with things they do and never have any of us know it and have us paint a pretty picture in our head of them when they were actually a bad person. So, and that was one argument uh, that musician Jadena made was that, you know, he was only 20 years old. And if you, like he said, if Malcolm X were to die when he was 20, we would only, people would only think of him as this bad person he was. He wouldn't have ever done anything else. So that's why I kind of talked about we don't know what XXXTentacion was going to do in the future, um, but we know what he did now, and it's troubling. And this, the thought experiment, it never ends. Like, if you think about it, you will think about it for the rest of your day, and you don't. there's no right answer, and I don't know. It's, it's a lot to think about, and, I mean, rest in peace to the guy, I guess, um, and I don't know. It's just a, it's a conflicting scenario. It's a very conflicting scenario. Well, it's like, and I'm, I'm so angry i can't think of the guy's name there was a um a democratic congressman i believe who um like in the 60s and 70s or actually it's just the 60s was a klansman he was you know in in the ku klux klan um but he left eventually and he broke with them and he went on to be you know a, a champion of civil rights he was, uh decent anyways not like the most cutting edge guy but he supported it um yeah so, it's like, I mean, if he, if he you know, well, did he redeem himself? You ask yourself, is like, can people lift themselves back up out of these, these messes they create for themselves, these heinous things they do? And I think to myself that it's like the court of public opinion is what you have to deal with. Um, and I feel like I have to hope that we can get to that point where people can be forgiven for things they did if they do truly make an effort to change. Right? Yes. If they can do that, I'm okay with that. If you're still, if you're, if you're back on your bullshit, I will still say we can hold past, you know, uh, think transgressions against you. But if a person makes a genuine effort to change, I gotta believe that we can get to a point where you can forgive them. I really do because if we don't, if we don't think people can get better, if we don't think they can make amends and improve themselves. What's the point? That that then means that if if you do one bad thing, and I'm saying bad things, and I'm not saying like you said the wrong word or whatever, beating a woman or whatever, or supporting the KKK, 
it means that like you do this one thing and then forever it defines you. And some people will say yes, okay, sure, that's that's acceptable. And I, I mean, for the most part, if you're gonna stay that way, I'm with you. But if you make a genuine effort to change, we gotta understand that sometimes people can change. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm entirely with you. I have, um, I don't know. I guess I have a, a wide moral compass, and I do. I I mean, I do truly believe that in second chances and that I do believe people can get better and we do have a we do have a bad habit of um, especially in the age of Twitter and all the stuff where everything that's ever you've ever done gets unearthed no matter what we do have a bad habit of labeling people very early on and seeing what happens um, but I think for me the bigger problem surrounding issues like this isn't that we are not willing to forgive people the one of the bigger issues for me is like I was mentioning with um, I'm just gonna call him X because that's his nickname. Um, X's fans, people who um, were already ready to forgive him for everything he did and didn't want him to change and just wanted him to keep being the person that he was. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a person who, like back when he was alive, was listening to X's music and was like, "This is really good," and I think he's got a good message. And I hope the one, I hope that he actually becomes a better person. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There is something very wrong with you listening to his music, liking it, and then saying, I don't think he, nothing he did was wrong because I like his music. And it's the same thing with all this Me Too movement stuff and all these, all these people that are getting exposed. The bigger issue is people who are not, they don't want to acknowledge anything happened. Like, I think that we should, as a society, acknowledge that this person did something wrong and then they have their time, they have their chance to make up for it. I want, it doesn't matter, it, does, it doesn't, Nobody knows when. Nobody knows how. There's never. There's never going to be a, a set path anybody can take to redemption or becoming a better person. But everyone has their chance, except for people like Harvey Weinstein, uh, or actually Bill Cosby, especially. They don't. Those guys don't have second chances. They they're like fucking eighty years old. They don't get second chances. Um, well, I think they had their chances, right? They've had them. Yeah. They, they could have done this any time. They have not. So they yeah. waited until they got caught. And fucking, and then they made their they 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 apologize, but that doesn't count. You gotta you gotta do it of your own volition. Yeah, I agree. And so yeah, and that, especially with all this you know this this age we're living in, I think that we're gonna we're gonna see people who are gonna successfully redeem themselves and become better people. And I'm excited for that. I do want them. To, I do want it to happen. I do want us to at least try to accept people back into society. And we're gonna see people who fail. And we're gonna see what both scenarios are like. And uh, everyone's going to learn a lot about themselves and about society, I think. But I will say, this is a bit personal for me, because yeah. when I was younger, when I was like high school, college age, I was a 4chan troll guy. Oh, yeah. I did some bad things on the internet that I'm not proud of anymore. I'm just happy. Well, I'm not happy. I guess I'm fortunate I did them anonymously and not where my name's attached to them, so no one can ever like trace them back to me. I regret them now. I wish I hadn't done those things. And yeah. I think I've changed. And I really do hope that I'm a better person than I was then. And that's why I got to believe that people who, who have a chance and can move on with their lives, that obviously it's not apply to X because he's dead, um, yeah. but they can change. And I hope that his fans who support him uh, or supported his like heinous shit that he did, I hope that they'll become better too. I used to support awful shit and I got, I, I, I think, anyways, I got better. And I have to hope yeah. people like that can get better, too. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, especially, I don't know, you can relate to this because of your 4chan stuff. Um, it's a process, it's every day. You don't, you don't just get better one day. 
every day you are probably working to redeem yourself for something you did fucking 10 years ago, I'm assuming. You yeah. know? I, I'm always worried. Am I, am I slipping back, you know? Am I backsliding? Yeah. And it's and that's the thing. is um, Like you talked about, you, you use the word genuine effort a lot. That's the thing. is um, I don't think for any of these people who are in the light they are now, I don't think it's ever going to be one day... I'm just gonna forgive them and say they're better. I want. I, I mean, every day I'm gonna have to reevaluate who this person is and see how, see what they're doing, what they're actually doing to become better. And as long as they're trying, I'm willing to give them a chance. I agree. I mean, it's it's all it's we if we're gonna believe in a better future, we gotta believe we can people can get better. You know. Yeah. I just feel like society is in a shitty place right now. And we hope that it gets better. And to do that, we're going to have to become better as part of that process. And so if you don't believe people can can improve themselves, I honestly think you maybe need to reevaluate that position. Because what if one day, you know, um, a person really does make a change? You know, how, how will you deal with that? Are you going to say that they're being disingenuous, that they're lying? Or are you going to, like, accept that a person can improve? I don't know. Yeah, and like I said, we're gonna get we're getting to a point very soon where we're gonna have to start really dealing with this stuff from uh, all all the stuff that's been coming out with people. So we're gonna see what these roads are like for everybody, and uh, yeah, we'll continue to talk about it whenever that stuff starts. Man, it was a heavy discussion. It was. We had two heavy discussions. Yeah, that's, and I think that's I think that's enough for a podcast. Um, Ooh. real quick though, do we want to talk about? A lighter, Uh-oh. a lighter subject for just just a second. I just want to bring up one okay. thing. I want to end. Okay. I want to end this podcast on a positive note. All right, what we got? Well, maybe it's not positive, but it is funny. So let's put it that way. So have you heard about the New Yorker uh, review of Incredibles two? I have not, but I am very excited. So they had a guy. His name is Anthony Lane, who wrote the 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 uh, review. And some people have been passing around this one paragraph from it. And Seth, I want to read it to you right now. Please. All right. Prepare yourself for this. Which brings us to the other event. Take your seat at any early evening screening of Incredibles 2 in the coming days. Listen carefully and you may just hear a shifty sound as of parents squirming awkwardly beside their enraptured offspring. And why, kids? Because Mommy just leaned over to Daddy and whispered, Is it just me, or does Ms. Incredible kind of look like Anastasia in Fifty Shades of Grey? You know, the girl in the red room with the whips and all? And Daddy just rested his cooling soda firmly in his lap and, like Mr. Incredible, tried very hard to think of algebra. As for how Daddy will react later on during the scene in which Helen and the husky-voiced Evelyn unwind and simply talk woman to woman, I hate to think, but watch out for flying popcorn. Remember, you've seen the show Community, right? Yeah. Do you remember the? There's a uh, a season where Jonathan Banks is on the show, who plays Mike Ehrmantraut on uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Very mm-hmm. popular actor. And they're being demoed an app called Meow Meow Beans, which is a, a rating system for people. And when they get done explaining it, um, <laughs> Jonathan Banks said he just looks out and he's like. 
I fought for this country. <laughs> my my best friends died next to me, and this is what happens. That that man who wrote that article, he has he has a mom, he has a dad, and they thought this was okay. <laughs> they were like, yeah, let's let him do this. Let, let's let him go off and be a big time movie reviewer for <laughs> the New Yorker, which is supposed to be a reputable uh, publication. I'm assuming. And I am, okay, I am fucking blown away right now. I have no idea how this flew under my radar, 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 and two, I didn't even say one, I don't think, two, how, what? (laughs) First of all, first of all, first of all, number one, Mrs. Fantastic, Mrs. Fantastic, Incredible, does not look like Anastasia from Fifty Shades of Grey. In no way, shape, or form. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. That, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard, first of all. Well, it was the weirdest thing until what happened after. Um, two, this guy's assuming that America Dad is turned on by Fifty Shades of Grey, which is very much untrue. Most people don't like Fifty Shades of Grey. It's kind of a joke, especially among men. Um, so there's that. And then three... Like, a conversation between two women who are fully clothed is supposed to make a man masturbate in a theater? And also cartoons? Eh, we'll get past that. Well, but, not even sexy no, cartoons. Just, like, they're just clay-body people. First, first of all, right now, I'm past the cartoon thing. <laughs> that is the least of my worries right now. I Me too. I'm just saying, like, they're not sexually drawn. Who? 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 Why? Why did the people, why did the editors, the New Yorker, read this and say, you know what? He's got a point. <laughs> I was jerking it in the theater too when those two women were talking to each other. What editor fucking looked at this and said, okay. I Whatever, that, Anthony. I hope that the guy who wrote this is like Mr. New Yorker's son. Because <laughs> the only way I can imagine this guy posted is nepotism. That is, that is, I'm not going to say the worst take about The Incredibles 2. It is the wildest take I've yet to see about The Incredibles 2. Have you ever gotten a boner so fast it caused objects in your lap to fly away? Uh, I was assuming that the popcorn flying was because he was going to be jerking off. No, I thought it was just because he set the 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 popcorn in his lap and his dick popped up. You know what? This guy's such a bad writer. We have no idea what he was trying to go for. Dude, so, just you're jerking it with your fucking hand covered in, in movie theater butter. I mean, it is from the popcorn. Scientifically, the best lubrication there is. So I, I get that part. <laughs> um, you just you have to stop because you're hurting because there's fucking popcorn kernels stuck into your the shaft of your dick. Like, yeah. yeah, man, that sounds like a great experience. But yeah, this one's been on the internet for a while, and I have been I keep looking at it and just thinking to myself, what happened to the world? Fuck the New Yorker. <laughs> it's either the New Yorker or the New York Times. I, I mean, who? First of all, one of you change your fucking name. Just pick a yeah. new name. New York, you, you get one publication. Sorry. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna look it up. I, I need. We need to actually need to 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 attribute this correctly. We were right. The New Yorker. Oh my god. 
Oh my god. Hey, listeners, look up a picture of Anthony Lane. Just, yeah, just look up a picture of him and, you know, draw your own, uh, draw your own conclusions from there. He's British, apparently. I should have read it in a British accent. Hold on, let's go back. Oh no. <laughs> no, I won't do that. I won't put y'all through that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a lighter note to leave the show on. I think that a little bit of levity is always good. Yeah, I feel you. All right, well, uh, you know what, Seth? You did the intro. You do the outro. I mean, I always do the outro. So okay. All right. So there's a couple things we got to go through. Number one, fuck Tom Brady and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can take a horse to water, but he won't get under it. Number three, that quote from Ready Player One, the best movie so far, 2017. Um, the 2018. I I said what I said. <laughs> Um, if it was 2017, it'd be the best movie. Uh, and from New Orleans to New York, this has been the Illennials Podcast. I'm Seth. Who's on Twitter? Oh, on Twitter, at Life of Seth, or Real Donald Trump, either one. I'm on Twitter, I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. Yep, our art was done by Marcus Barkley. You're never going to find the guy. Who apparently and... has a meme ad he wants to make for our show, so we'll see how that goes. A meme ad? Yes. His, his direct quote. Okay, cool. Nothing he does makes sense anyway, so we'll probably play <laughs> it in all of its glory. Oh, man. But yeah, it's been, it's been fun. We'll see y'all uh, next week. See ya.